that we can't always control the circumstances in our life. That there are things that happen to us that are beyond our ability to prevent or to stop. Paul realizes that life sometimes just stinks. But what Paul says is that his faith continues to inform him even in the midst of those difficult days. That if not on this side of eternity, then on the next side, things are going to get better. Well, it's at this point that Paul reminds the Corinthians and all of us about Judgment Day. One day, you and I and the Corinthians and everybody else are going to have to stand before Jesus, Paul says, and be accountable to the way that we have lived our lives. Now, when's the last time you heard a Methodist preacher talk about the Judgment Day? But I want to suggest to you that, that the Judgment Day has sort of been hijacked in a way. I, I want to suggest to you that what Paul is trying to do here, there is no hint of fear here as he's talking about the Judgment Day. I don't get the sense, and you're free to disagree. You know, I've been wrong once or twice. It, 79, I think, was the last time. But, but I want to suggest to you that Paul is not trying to scare the Corinthians or scare any of us that you better do good things or you're going to be sorry or you better do good things because of what might happen to you if you don't. That does not appear to me to be what Paul is trying to say at all. Paul is mentioning the Judgment Day not as some fear tactic, but Paul is mentioning the Judgment Day just to remind us that one day all of us will stand before God and we will have to give an accounting to the way that we lived our life. And what Paul hopes is just being reminded of that is just going to fuel our desire, intensify our desire to please God in the present, in the meantime. To do everything that we can, to do, to do the things that God would like for us to do. Now Paul is not saying that we do these things or that our works will earn us our salvation or give us or make us right with God. What Paul would say is all of these things that we might do to please God would prove that we have been saved. That, that when we do these things that are pleasing to God, it's not to earn a right relationship with God. It's to prove that we have a right relationship with God. It is Paul sees things, if you and I really do have a right relationship with God, if, we, if you and I really do understand the links that God went to to save us, then these works would be a natural overflow and a response to that gift. You know, I used to worry about the judgment. I grew up in another denomination and they, they, they tried to literally scare the hell out of you. You know, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven? And I, I used to have these nightmares of where I, I'd be standing before Jesus and, and you know, it'd probably right after some violent car wreck where my last words were not our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name 
And I was so afraid that I would just stand before Jesus and, and, and that that final thought or those final words might affect my eternal destiny. And then it sort of, uh, I sort of grew up and I sort of realized, you know what, I'm going to guess that God knows that Tommy's not perfect. I'm just going to guess. I'm going to guess that God knows that Tommy doesn't always do the right thing. I mean, who am I kidding? God even knows that sometimes Tommy doesn't even want to do the right thing. And so if God's grace really is true and really is real, on some level, in some way, God has got to be grading on the curve, right? I mean, God is, must be looking at the totality of our lives, because surely God could hone in and focus on one particular or specific instance in our lives and use that as evidence against us about why we should not enter into heaven and receive our heavenly reward. God grades on a curve. Well, until Judgment Day, Paul is saying that he's just going to be passionate about Jesus. He's just going to keep on shepherding the churches under his care. He's going to keep on sharing the good news of God's love with anybody that will listen. And he's not doing this for his own glory. He's not doing this as a way of boasting about himself being such a great super apostle or disciple of Jesus. He's not doing this to earn a home in heaven that's not built with human hands. Uh, he's not doing this to get God to notice you know why he's doing this? He's doing this because he wants everybody else to notice. He's doing this because he hopes that other people will see the way that he lives his life, the way that he is trying to please the Lord, and that they will be so enamored by the love and the grace of God that's made known in the way that Paul lives and the way that Paul serves that they cannot help but respond to that love and that grace themselves. That's why Paul is doing what he's doing. That's why Paul, in the meantime, continues, despite all of the hardships that he's facing, to serve the Lord. But you may think Paul is crazy. A lot of people in the Scripture today thought he was crazy. Why in the world would you continue to do that when you face hardship after hardship? And, and, and Paul uh, did have a lot of religious fervor about him. You know, there are scriptures that talk about Paul being taken up the different levels of heaven. There are scriptures that talk about maybe he was speaking in tongues and doing other things. I'm sure to the outsider looking at someone who was in such an intimate relationship with Jesus and experiencing him in all of these mysterious ways that that would look like oh, that guy has lost his mind. And Paul realizes that, that, that if that's the image that he always presented to the Corinthians or to anybody else, that maybe they would just dismiss it and say, you know, I don't want any sort of that religious fanaticism in my own life. That looks fake. It looks like he's crazy. I want nothing of it. And Paul essentially says in our passage today, I can put that aside. I can do whatever I need to do to faithfully communicate to you the love and the grace of God in the hopes that you will respond and Paul says is that when we have experienced that love and grace of God it has to change us 
the old ways of perceiving and understanding and listening and experiencing are transformed into new ways of doing all of those things. Paul says in Galatians that one of the things that so motivated him is this realization that Christ died for me. And so for Paul, if Christ died for him, then he is willing, out of that great love that Christ has had for him, to be willing to die for others so that they might know that love. Now chances are you and I won't ever be put in a position where we have to physically die for our faith. But we will be put in positions where uh, we, we, we must be willing to do whatever it takes to share the good news of God's love and God's grace with others. We will be put into positions where we are invited and called and commanded to love others in the same way that Christ loved us. Christ's love just led him to the cross but we, every day, are given opportunities to love those around us in the way that Christ loves them. Where have you experienced the love of God the most in your own life? Is it from a spouse, or a boyfriend, a girlfriend? Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it was even a pastor. Well, as much as you experienced love by those people, that is nothing compared to the love that God has for you and the love that Christ came to earth to reveal to us in an intimate way. Um, and if we really believe that love, if we really believe that God so loved the world that He sent His Son into the world so that we might experience salvation, if we really believe that this Jesus, that there is a heaven and that this Jesus went back to heaven to prepare a place for us so that where he is, we also may be. If we really believe that, that God loved us so much that he was willing to ultimately express that love. And, and if Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to even go to the cross and die to demonstrate that love, would it not change the way we should live? Shouldn't we then desire to please Jesus? Shouldn't we desire to, to love others in the same way that we have experienced the love of God made known to us? Because the truth is, one day, Paul says, we will stand before Jesus. And one day, we will have to give an accounting of the way we experienced and then shared the love of God with the people around us. And Paul hopes that that reality will totally change the way we live. That we will become new creations, loving as God loves. That's a good way to live life in the meantime.